Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. It's time for Distractions with Chad and Nate. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Now, here's Chad and Nate. I don't know if I said this before, but my dad would always tell me, you know, Tom Landry back in the day, minute those things happen, never rush them back. Right when you think they're good, give them longer. Because um, those are so finicky. And we just want to be sure that we're doing it the right way. I mean, he's doing a great job studying, working out. Um, I mean, he works out hard over there on the other field with the trainers. So, again, we just want to be sure that, you know, it's a long way before that first game. So we just want to be sure we do it the right way. Nathaniel Hackett talking about uh, Greg Dulcich and his return from the hamstring injury. Uh, we want to make sure we give that enough time. Uh, time is what you do not have as a rookie NFL football player, particularly the time to take time off. So I know the injury is a, is a legitimate excuse. Obviously, you want to have this guy ensure his availability for later in the season. But at this point, this is practice six, Nate. Uh, so each practice is roughly two hours. So there's 12 hours of practice time that Greg Dulcich is already behind, plus all the other walkthroughs and some of the other stuff that's happening. And there's a direct connection between what you do in the meeting and what you connect to here on the field and how that really begins to burn it into muscle memory, the connection between watching yourself on tape, going out there and doing it, getting coached up in the meetings and all those steps. So now as a rookie, you're 12 hours of practice time behind, at least on this day, plus all the other connective tissue that you're missing out on. And so that begins to chip away at your confidence, your ability to be a part of this offense early in the season. And it's sometimes, in some cases, it's time that you simply can't make up. For Russell Wilson to take a veteran day or two here during training camp, that's fine. He has logged so many hours. He's, he's, got, he's got money in the bank as far as that's concerned. Greg Dulcich has does not have any NFL money in the bank, literally, nor does he have any NFL money in the bank from a time-invested standpoint because he's missed practice time because of this hamstring injury. So now he's got to find a way to fight back up on the field where he was already facing an uphill battle to be a true dual-threat tight end, a tight end who can catch the rock and be an active participant in the run game. So I've seen this as a coach. I've saw it every year as a player. There's almost always a rookie on the team, and typically it's going to be a high draft choice rookie who has some kind of injury similar to what Greg has, a hamstring thing where it's not just the doctors can evaluate you and say, hey, you're ready to go. So they treat you with kid gloves. They kind of give you some extra time, but that time they're giving you to heal is time taken away on the field, and when they come back, their head is swimming. By that point, the entire playbook is installed. They haven't practiced it. They haven't rehearsed it. They go out there. They make mistakes. They chips away at their confidence. And I've seen rookie years literally derailed by something as small as a hamstring injury where, hey, we want to give you a week or two to start camp, and they were never able to catch back up full speed. Yeah, I mean, this guy this guy may not even end up on the active roster, Chad. You know what I'm saying? Yep. If he can't get going in the next week or two, they're going to have to make a decision there. Look, back before the draft, we talked about the holes in this team. One of them was at tight end because Noah Fant was traded. Okay, is Albert O going to be able to be the guy? Obviously, we didn't think Eric Salbert was going to be as good as we've seen him be this last week. Eric Tomlinson was an unknown. Andrew Beck, a kind of tweener, H-back guy who can do it all. But who's going to be our tight end? And so when Greg Dulcich was drafted, people rejoiced. 
Look at his tape. This guy can run. What a specimen he is. Out here at rookie OTAs, oh, my God, look at how fast he is. He just pops off the field. He's running. He's the guy, right? A lot of people said that seeing him. Now he's got that hamstring that's been bothering him for several months, and rehabbing it every day wasn't good enough to be ready for the first day of training camp. To me, that's a, that's a bad sign. That means there's something in there that they can't figure out. And when you have a deep hamstring issue in there that you can't figure out, man, that just doesn't go away. It just nags at you and nags at you. My first year as a tight end, I had a really good OTA. I had a really good mini camp. First week of training camp, I pulled my hamstring, and it was way up high near the butt bone. So a uh, hamstring is three muscles, and they're kind of braided, and it's a very long muscle. It comes from the top, from your butt, from the attachment, all the way down basically to behind your knee. There's different kinds of hamstrings. You, get a, you pull your hamstring low, down there by the knee, okay, that one heals pretty fast. And even in the belly of the hamstring, in the middle, that one can heal fast. You can figure that out. But if it's high up there against your butt bone, deep in there, it is a very difficult injury to rehab and to come back full speed from. I was I was hobbled that whole year from that. I didn't feel good. I didn't suit up in any games. I pushed through it, but I was a shadow of my former self, and my advantage was my speed. Okay, and I had lost that. So where's my advantage? I don't have one anymore. I don't know how to block. I can't <laughs> run fast. What am I even doing out there? I right. suited up for only like three games, that whole, four games that whole year. Uh-huh. That's what Greg Dulcich is staring at right now. Every day counts here. The things you got to work on at training camp is not the things you're good at. It's the things you're not good at. Mm. Greg Dulcich has to put on the helmet and shoulder pads and get down there and get his butt kicked by Bradley Chubb. Get his butt kicked by Malik Reed. Get his butt kicked by everybody out there to learn what it's going to take out there on Sundays. And I just, um, you know, this is an opportunity for the guy behind him. Rodney Williams, who's a rookie, number 86, who to me has looked pretty good out there. He's a little bit of an undersized tight end. He's 6'4", 235. Um, not stout necessarily, but but a guy who could excel in special teams. Greg Dulcich has to figure out what's going on. He's got to communicate with his training staff. But, you know, it's a fine line between we don't want to push it and what you said, getting lost in the shuffle and getting your rookie year, you know, basically left behind. So um, we hope he can get this right and get out there, but it's not a good sign that he's not out there yet. Yeah, I'm not uh, making a prediction about Greg Dulcich. I just know that every single year of my football life, there has been a rookie on whatever team I was playing for or, or coaching with who struggles with that. And then the, uh, tr- the, the attempt to come back and, and join the rest of the team after everyone's got their playbook down and they've already made those early training camp mistakes and they've already worked all the progressions from uh, you know blocking on your knees to now blocking in a walkthrough period, now blocking on the sled, and now finally beginning to block another human being. When you come back later in camp, you don't have an opportunity to go through those baby steps. You just you know, put literally into the pot of boiling water, and you've got to learn how to handle that. So Greg Dulcich is out here dressed in pads. Well, we'll see how much he's able to participate. Uh, but based on his participation this last couple of days, I don't think it will be very much. Uh, catching some balls over there with the tight ends, kind of a gentle warm-up thing. And, again, I'm not making a prediction. I'm not saying he's not going to be able to contribute his rookie year. But he's beginning to face that kind of possibility the longer he's out and the more time he missed, the further he falls behind. Yeah, but it is a great sign. He's in there now. He was he was suited up yesterday. He's suited up again today. So whatever they did do yesterday, individual stuff, obviously didn't put him out today. So you always want to, when you're coming back from an injury, you want to test it a little bit, push the boat out, bring the boat back in, dust yourself off, and, and wake up the next day and ask yourself, am I okay? 
did I have a flare-up? Am I swollen? Am I stiffer today? The fact that he's out there right now is a good sign. Um, so we'll see where this goes. But uh, you're right, man. It, it comes at you fast. I mean, training camp is, is going to be over next week. You know, it's going to be over. It's going to be in the books. And then you're going to be preparing for games. And that's a whole different process. You don't get to try as many different things. You don't get to have as many sloppy practices. It's much more refined and precise. And there's a plan for all of it. And so now is the time to really take your lumps and go through it as a team. It also developing chemistry with your quarterback is very important. And you don't do that unless you, uh, you're you out there. You know what I'm saying? You, you, there's only so many mental reps you can take. And so uh, Russell Wilson, you want Russell Wilson looking at you when you're out there. You want him to know, hey, if Greg Dulcich is out there, I'm throwing him the ball because I know he's going to catch it. How do I know? Out here. That's how I know because he's done it day in and day out. So you don't want to rush it, but you also got to understand the clock is ticking. That cheer you hear from the crowd kind of back there, that's Russell Wilson uh, making his appearance here for practice. Got the game pants on, fully padded up, heading over to the center quarterback exchange part of pre-practice. Going to get those hands warmed up, get those centers warmed up as well. Last man on the field, you got a problem with that? I do not have a Look problem. Look at all these guys already out here. Russell's coming in late. Uh, he's, Did know. he just show up? No. No. Uh, you think he's I, been here? I didn't see the massive truck just pull into the parking lot. I think he's been here since cr- crazy early this morning. Sorry, sorry, Coach. I overslept. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> want to give the I woke fan... up at 4.08. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give our fan uh, staff, our fan host, a big shout-out. Every day. I don't think there's another station in town, TV or radio, that has as many folks out here as we do. Uh, Orlando just walked by. Uh, Matt Smith is here over there talking to Richie. Obviously, Stokely and Zach will be on after us. We were just giving D-Mac a hard time. Uh, his socks are better today. I had to post that picture a couple days ago with his awful socks. Yeah. So, so, uh, the- but, you know, I don't know if you heard the whole thing yesterday of them shaming him for using the shower. In there. Did you hear that? No. So he showered in the media shower yesterday. D-Mac did. D-Mac did after his long bike ride. Uh-huh. And they spent a whole couple of segments just absolutely ripping him apart for doing it, right? And so he didn't shower today. I, I'm like, D-Mac, don't let him steal your light. You're just going to walk around here with uh, sweaty Famunda cheese dripping from your <laughs> what? dripping down your leg? Come on, take your what shower. Take that? your shower, man. <laughs> don't let them steal your light. All right. All right. On there's that a note, reason there's a shower in that room. Right. Use it. Use the shower, you, D-Mac. Use that shower, D-Mac. Do you. Uh, a Bronco spoke yesterday uh, was incredibly brave in admitting uh, some of the struggles the last year has had for him. We will talk about that uh, next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022. Ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. It's been a tough journey, to be honest. You know, um, you know, I was just—it was just so much stuff I was dealing with, being piled up, you know, on top of each other, on top of each other. You know, at one point, um, you know, just dealing with the ACL, um, and, and a little bit of more things. You know, family situations. You know, my, you know, my first, my, my love of my life passed. You know, my grandmother. So that was the toughest thing. And you know, the devil was on my back for a while. And um, I wish I would have never did it by myself. You know, I wish I would have asked for help because, you know, at some point, it was at one point in my life, and I'm just be honest with y'all because I'm more vulnerable and, you know, more confident in myself about saying it, but um, at one point, I didn't want to be here. Like, I didn't want to be in this world. KJ Hamler uh, having a honest, forthright discussion uh, telling about the struggles he faced uh, last year with the ACL and hip injury, uh, losing uh, the foundation of his uh, his rock. Uh, he talked about his grandmother all in that uh, same time frame. Uh, you know, was it was in a very dark, dark space. 
Um, I know uh, the text line, I'm sure, is going to light up those kind of texters who see these kind of conversations and people being vulnerable in a different light than maybe you and I uh, see these kind of things. Um, But I think it was incredibly proud, uh, incredibly courageous of K.J. Hamler, and and I'm proud of him being able to admit those vulnerabilities as men, uh, particularly as football players. You know, football rewards those who hide their pain the best, who mask their pain the best, whether it's mental or physical. No matter what's going on in your life, I went on the field and I produced. I hurt my body and I found a way to to fight through that. And so football has this weird mechanism where it rewards that. Um, but unfortunately, that is not a way to live life. And that is not a way to be healthy. So for K.J. Hamler to get the help, gain the confidence and comfort of having those kind of conversations publicly, I'm incredibly proud of him. And hopefully there are some folks out there who may be struggling who can hear his words and are a little bit more willing to seek out help and recognize that they are not alone when they fall into that dark space. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was a double whammy for him. So first off, as a football player, your your entire identity is what you're doing on that field, right? And KJ has not been on that field much since he's been here. He's been injured a lot. And, and, and imagine an athlete like him who has the physical abilities to run past some of the best athletes in the world to make him look silly. Can't be out there because he's dealing with an injury. That's a huge personal letdown. You have a loss of identity there. And so, what do you lean on when you have lose your identity? Your family. And then three months after his surgery, he loses the most important person in his life. And so I can't imagine the depth to which he sank. It's, it's really lonely being hurt, being in rehab, being on injury reserve. You're not around the guys. And so any comfort you might get when you're dealing with family issues or, or stuff like that at work, just being around the fellas and joking around, that's limited because you're not around the fellas joking around. you got a different schedule. You come in here after they're in meetings, and then you leave when they're in meetings before they go to practice. You're not allowed to be out of practice. And so it's a very isolating, depressing reality. And to be dealing with the loss of someone, like, so what he said was, he said, that was my mother. My grandmother was my mother. I took I took her to get her hair done, took her to get food all the time. Every time I came home, I seen her. I saw her first. I called her every Monday. So when I missed that call on that Monday, and then we got the call on Saturday, he knew it was, you know, what was going on. And so um, you said it right, Chad. It's about how much pain you can endure out here. How tough are you? Like during training camp, we would sit in the, I would sit in the locker room, and we would, and I, and I was learning guitar one year, and um, and I was just strumming on some chords, and we'd all just be messing around, making up songs, and like a ball boy would go through, and we'd make up a song about him, and make fun of him, and laugh, and then he'd walk out of the room, like ah, like I didn't have time for my own emotions, so I didn't care about anyone else's feelings either. It was a very um, hard environment to to be emotionally honest with yourself, and to talk about your feelings. We never talked about feelings. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't even have time for my own feelings. I didn't have time for the feelings of those around me. That's hard to admit that, but it was just a reality. And so having a current player talk about his emotions, his feelings, and how he sought help and went to therapy, and it's helped him out, and he'll never deal with something like that alone, I hope it gives people strength to seek out therapy if they need it. And it's not for everyone, but if you are having the thoughts that he talked about right there, he didn't want to be around anymore. He didn't want to be in this world. That's a very, very heavy burden to carry when you're supposed to be living the dream. And I think that's the dichotomy that these guys struggle with. When you make it to the top of the mountain, you're in the NFL, you're living the dream, Chad. Yeah. Right? Everybody you see from your past, wherever, they think that you are living a fairy tale. 
And so any emotions you have or misgivings or depression, just shut up. Look at you. You're living this gifted life. But it's not. We're all human beings. It doesn't matter where you are. We have the same emotional reality that we deal with, the ups and downs of life. And so I think humanizing these guys is really important. And KJ took a step uh, in doing that yesterday. I applaud him for that. Uh, from the text line, I'm even more of a KJ Hamler fan now. Thank you, KJ. I'm a huge KJ fan now, really pulling for him. I hope that more pro athletes will come out and talk about mental health uh, and, and stress and the vulnerabilities because that will just open up the eyes of everyone else about uh, what's going on out there. So, you know, a big tip of the cap to KJ. Uh, again, that conversation I think is important. It needs to be had. And, I, you know, this process of leaving the game, transitioning out of the game, um, is a difficult one for everybody. And part of that difficulty is the ways that football rewards you for being able to swallow, mask, cover up your pain. And so when I have talked to therapists in my post-retirement careers, um, some of the issues that you know I've suffered from after I retired can be linked directly to that. I've been taught my entire life, because I played this game starting when I was six years old, tackle football when I was nine, the better I was at masking, hiding, covering up my pain, the better football player I was going to be. But unfortunately, life does not work that way. At some point, those kind of things have to come out. Um, with the passing of my CU teammate, Charles Johnson, not Charles Johnson, the quarterback, Charles Johnson, the receiver, my CU teammate and Pittsburgh Steeler teammate a couple of weeks back, um, certainly was some uh, hidden pain there. Uh, he had a very painful childhood, and I don't think the, the football mantra and mindset of hiding your pain served him very well later in life. At some point, that pain has got to go someplace. Um, so for K.J. Hamler, the pain of losing his grandmother, his foundation, his rock, and losing this job that you love so much and being separated from your teammates, your brothers, uh, became too much for him. and put led him to a very dark, dark place. Uh, I'm happy that he seems to be out of that place and happy that he's able to have the courage to talk about that because it's one thing to go ahead and get therapy and have the courage to do that. Um, but it is quite another to admit publicly uh, where what kind of dark space you were in. Uh, hopefully, again, folks will hear what he said and get some help for that. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of encouraging texts coming on the text line. Um, no negativity, really. Um, one individual says, props to KJ, but as an alpha, I just can't get behind the talk about your feelings narrative. I live by the nobody cares, work harder mantra. And I think a lot of people feel that way, even though that's a little harsh. A lot of people do feel that way. And I think there's a, there's a nuance to talking about your feelings. What KJ's saying is that he sought help from a professional who is paid to listen and help you talk about your feelings. It doesn't mean you got to talk about your feelings to everyone, everybody you see. You know, it doesn't mean you need to interrupt normal conversations and talk about your feelings with people. But it means that you have to... You have to let it out somehow because it's bottled up. It's bottled up for some of us more than others. But when it does get bottled up, you got to release the valve and let it out somehow. Whether that's crying, whether that's screaming, whether that's articulating what you're feeling, whether that's just hugging it out with a friend, whatever it might be, you have to let it out. And so um, that's, I think, what KJ articulated there very well. I don't think he's stopping in the locker room at every, with every player and trying to talk about his feelings. He's talking with it about him to a professional, and he just talked with him about him 
to the media. And that message gets disseminated to all of us, and we get to talk about it and think about how a professional football player at the top of the mountain doesn't want to be on earth anymore. It's a worthy conversation to have because it says a lot about the human the humanity of these guys. There are brothers, there are sons, and uh, we need to treat them that way. I've lost far too many of my uh, football brothers to suicide to not uh, recognize the courage that it takes for someone to have that kind of conversation. Um, so tip of the cap to KJ Hamlin, like I said, like I said before, I'm incredibly proud of him. Yeah, and to the texter's point, I don't think anyone wants to hear someone talk about their feelings all the time. But when something is as important to this, when it is uh, unfortunately a, a part of this game that seems to, you know, we can't necessarily make go away, um, I, I think it's important for guys to talk about that. I think it's important for you and I to share and spread his words as well and, and put that out there as widely as we possibly can to, uh, you know, get the message into that one person today who needs to hear that, who's literally right there on the precipice, who needs to hear these words. Hopefully we're able to do that. Uh, when we come back, there is lots of NFL news happening out there. Uh, a fine and suspension for Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, other stuff as well. We'll get to all that next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Chad and Nate coming back at you. Last couple of segments of the show. Bronco practice has started. Full pads out here today. I think a high of 91, so it's going to be a warm one for these guys. I think there's a certain toughness that is built by practicing in warm weather. You, you know, you don't want it to be uh, 114 like, say, in Phoenix or something like that. But in the 90s is a good temperature, get you nice and tough, get you all, also get you warmed up, and you can have a full lather for the first day of pads. Yeah, they're 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 getting lathered up out there. It's uh it's pretty hot. Um, what are they doing over there? A special a special teams drill, probably, because that's on the other field. That's on the far field now. The the crowd down there is cheering because they're excited for some act- action close to them. Oh yeah, they're doing a they're doing a punt, Coverage. punt return drill. Yeah, yes. and then right in front of us, <laughs> the tennis ball drill. But, uh, you got Coach Azani on his knees throwing rapid fire tennis balls to the receivers who are catching them with one hand. Okay, um, so they're getting ready to catch the rock, and apparently that's going to help them. I hope it does. <laughs> I hope it does. I hope it does. But 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 it's this long kind of you know these practices, which are about an hour and what forty minutes or so, right? Hour and thirty minutes or so. The real the first hour is just like stretching in individuals and little stuff like that. So they really only get after it for about forty five minutes, um, and I think that's fine. I guess it's it's hot out here. And it's the first day of pads. As long as these guys get some physical work out there. You see Jerry Judy right now, left-handed, grabbing tennis balls. Bang, bang, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball, tennis ball. Coach Azani collecting the tennis balls. He's got them around him. He's on his knees. He's, he's scooting those tennis balls in. And now he's tossing them over there to KJ, uh, who we just talked about. So KJ's out here for the second day in a row. Um, and the goal with him, just like Greg Dulcich, is don't push him too fast, um, too hard. However, KJ probably a little further along right now than where Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich is still dealing with an active injury. KJ has been rehabbing this thing for a while. He's looked really good. We came out here in OTAs, and KJ was already out here looking really good. So you got to remember, KJ had an ACL uh, surgery and a hip surgery. 
which isn't easy to recover from those. And the fact that he did so fast is a testament to his his, his healing process. Some guys heal faster than others. I know we want it to be on a specific timeline for everyone, like like Jamal Murray, ACL, you should be ready to go, you know, but everybody heals differently. KJ's got that brace on his left knee, but he's out here, and that's a good sign. Yeah, the uh, it's a punt coverage drill, the special teams period, trying to uh, corral that return and make sure everyone stays in their lanes as they're running down the field covering those punts. Uh, the quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and all the other quarterbacks, are working on their pass drops, keeping their feet active. And on the far field, the offensive linemen are doing that offensive lineman stuff where they push each other around. <laughs> Synchronized sumo wrestling, that's what I call it, Chad. Um, yeah, man, for a lot of these guys, the special teams work is going to be their key and their ticket to a, a spot on this team. And you have to be smart on special teams. Just like you got to learn your plays in the offensive meeting room, you got to learn what you're doing on special teams. A lot of people look at special teams and they think, ah, oh, just guys just running, just running and hitting each other, right? But there's a lot of strategy. There are concepts you have to memorize and, and some understanding you have to have of what's trying to get done to appease these coaches and, and let them know that you know what you're doing. Kickoff coverage is relatively simple, but still, there are fits. I have to I have a specific spot when I'm running down the field on kickoff where I have to hit. And if I get out of my lane, that opens up a huge hole, and the returner can run right through that hole. Punt, punt, return. We've talked about this. Punt is the most complicated special teams unit because it's two phases involved in it. It's the protection and then the coverage. And so you have to work on that a lot. So you'll see these guys working on punt, punt, return more than, than anything else. Then the kickoff or the kickoff return or the field goal or the PAT. And then down the line, we're going to do hands team. Hands team is a situational special team when they're trying to onside kick it. The onside kick rules have changed in the last couple of years and have made it a lot harder to pull it off because you can't overload one side. I don't like that rule, Chad. I don't like the fact you can't overload a side. This is them trying to protect the health of the players, but it really, um, I don't think it protects the health of the players. Football is a dangerous game. Of course, there's some risk involved, and uh, that play itself has become far less effective because you can't overload a side. How do you feel about that rule, Chad? Uh, I, I, again, I understand what the purpose is, why they, why they make that change. Um, you know, and I suppose it's the old football guy in me who wants the onside kick to m- remain viable. It really wasn't a viable way to come back into a game in the past, and now the rule has changed. It's even lessened the, the chances even more of you being able to recover that kick. Um, you know, the kickoff overall, they're trying to find a way to eliminate that play. Ten years from now, I'm not sure kickoff will be a part of football. Why? Because of the the number one play with the most injuries is kickoff and kickoff return. Those guys who play. But the- if in a game where a hundred percent of players get hurt anyway, right? Why does that matter? Is is it going to stop a hundred percent of players from getting hurt now? No. Okay. It's, it's not. So it, why then? But if they can. Point, is that just lip service? Is they, that just a PR stunt? If they can point to one play that they that they can uh, who's this getting taken off the field right now? That is uh, Demario Crockett. Yes. He is being gingerly uh, assisted off the field by a couple of guys on the training staff. How did ginger become like the adjective with which we describe people limping and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. So we'll have to see if we can get a report of what's going on there. I think it's the first Bronco I've seen taken off the field. I know Saturday, uh, who was a cornerback who went down with a little bit of a knee thing? That was um, Kawan Williams. Uh, who, thank goodness, was okay. Hopefully the same.
case for uh, Crockett here as well. Um, did Mari Crockett? Uh, I don't know where the, the ginger ginger Lee came from. Uh, I don't know the origins of that. The text line has always been awesome about instructing us on the origins of things. So hit us up. Let us know, please, on the text line. Um, the NFL has stripped the Miami Dolphins of their 2023 first-round pick and their 2024 third-round pick for violating the integrity of the game. Mm. Dolphins owner Stephen Ross has been suspended. What, by sucking at football? (laughs) (laughs) Through October 17th and fined $1.5 million. Uh, The NFL said the Dolphins had impermissible communications with both Tom Brady and his agent during and after the 21 2021 season while he was under contract with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He also had contact they also had contact with Tom Brady in 2019 and 2020 when he was under contract with the New England Patriots. These communications began as early as August 2019 and continued through the 2019 season and postseason. Um, in January 2022, the Dolphins had impermissible contact with Don Yee, the agent for uh, Saints coach uh, Sean Payton, about having Mr. Payton serve as the Dolphins' head coach. So uh, Stephen Ross and the Dolphins, all types of impermissible contact with Tom Brady and uh, Sean Payton. Uh, therefore, they have been heavily fined, and uh, Stephen Ross has been suspended. Dolphins vice chairman, limited partner Bruce Beal, was also fined a half a million dollars in order to not attend any league meetings for the remainder of the 2022 season. So, wow. So was that a product of, uh, of Brian Flores bringing light to the kind of funny business going on there, and then they dug a little deeper and found that out? The NFL has determined uh, the Dolphins not intentionally lose games during the 2019 seasons, nor did anyone at the club, including Mr. Ross, instruct Mr. Flores to do so. No witness has contended otherwise. Today's penalties were all about tampering with Tom Brady mm. and Sean Payton. Yeah, can you blame him from tr- for trying to get... Tom Brady and Sean Payton? Uh, yeah, but you still got to do your pursuit above board. Oh, I get it. I get it. But how much uh, below board pursuits are going on that never end up coming into the light, Chad? You know what I mean, everyone's trying to get an edge. It ain't, a, it ain't a crime if you don't get caught. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, whatever it is. Um, you know, your your old coach was famous for that kind of yeah. the edger stuff. Yeah. Trying to, trying to get every little advantage he could, bugging locker rooms, you know, spiking the team's Gatorade with, <laughs> like, Ambien and whatnot. I mean, you, you guys did that stuff all the time. Um, okay, we got a text about the ginger thing. And I don't know if this is accurate. The elderly take ginger to reduce the aging effects on their body, so elderly who don't take it walk gingerly. Nah. Uh, origin of gingerly. Before it came to mean extremely cautiously in the 1600s, gingerly meant elegant and daintily. In fact, it stems from the Latin word gentilius, which means well-born. But today it has less to do with elegance and more to do with delicate touch, usually used to avoid hurting something or someone. Okay, I got a better one, though, that just came in. Gingerly comes from show horses. They literally put ginger up the horse's butt to make them walk on their toes. <laughs> yes, really. Interesting. Oh, I have never heard hopefully, of such. Hopefully they didn't put up uh, any ginger <laughs> up the various butt. <laughs> no, so somebody texted in, actually, and I think they must be on the hill because they said um, that he got hurt right in front of him, and it looks like it was his knee. 
And um, so that was Steven. So um, from Parker, or it was Steven Parker. It said Steven Parker. So I don't know if it was Steven from Parker or Steven Parker. Gotcha. But Steven Parker gave us that info about Demaria Crockett getting hurt right over there, and it looked like it was a knee. So hopefully it ain't, it ain't too bad. Hopefully that is the case. Just a little banged up. It will be ready to roll as soon as possible. Uh, that's it for this segment. We come back. Uh, I'm going to tell you a story about a teammate uh, who had something um, similar to what those horses were going through. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes. Do tell. Do uh, tell. Yes. So that will be next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. crazy training camp story as you would guess during training camp uh one of two things can happen to your bowels that's not good for you uh only only two one well there's only one one or two okay either it comes out way too fast or way too slow or it's just stuck in there so i had a teammate approach the training staff and say, you know, uh, I'm kind of clogged up. I'm hoping you can help me out. Is this a, a teammate in quotes? No this, no, this is a real teammate. This no, it's not, not, it's not you. This is not me. Okay. And once I get to the punchline here, you'll recognize it. Eh, probably not yet. Okay. So this teammate uh, went to the training staff and got a suppository. Okay. A pill. Yeah. Was it ginger? Uh, the pill? Or no. a teammate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what was in the suppository, um, but he, you know, he handed him, and I'm in the training staff, I'm in the training room, and I'm watching this whole thing go down. And if you've ever seen a suppository, they're pointed at one end to ease the insertion. Naturally. As we were talking about the horse story and the ginger earlier. It's not uh, like an umbrella. Right. It's not, no, it's not an umbrella. It's got a point to it. So, uh, this teammate comes back about 30 minutes later and the trainer says how'd that work out for you <laughs> he says it was really hard to swallow because it kept foaming <laughs> in my mouth <laughs> oh no yes so that that's when we realized that's when the trainer realized you know what I'm going to have to do this for you. I'm going to have to explain <laughs> these things before I just hand them out to guys on our team. Because not everybody has the same education level as far as what a suppository is supposed to do. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, never had that problem myself, which is a good thing. Because uh, that sounds like a horrible, you know, addition to your training camp problems. Let me Let me give you one more. Okay. One more. So uh, in Seattle, in the training room, we had a quote of the day. Um, so the quote of the day, I mean, it, may be, it was a couple of days in the training camp. Um, and the quote of the day came from this offensive lineman who had a chronic knee issue. Uh, so oh, the was, quote of the day was from a player? Like, from a player. Okay. And the quote of the day, so they were all 
things that were said in the training room. The training room quote of the day. Would they like put it up on the? Thing? They would write up on the chalkboard, and every day it was a new quote. And if your quote was just literally awesome, it could stay up there for a couple of days. It would live on despite there being a new quote of that particular day. And at the end of the season, there was maybe five or ten that they would put up there that we would get to vote on to see what was the quote of the year. So uh, Big Fleazy was a. Uh, offensive guard from uh, Penn State. I won't say his real name to protect the innocent, um, but he had a bad knee, chronic knee, bad knee. And so he said, you know what? I can tell when the inflammation is leaving my knee when I get the runs real bad. <laughs> is that how that works? Yeah, I was like, I don't think that's how that works, man. I don't think the inflammation goes out that part of your body. Well, is there a chance, though? <laughs> the, 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 the circulation improving in the knee drains the that drains the knee of the swelling, and it also improves the circulation elsewhere, which drains the bowels? Uh, I, you know, I suppose you, you could be on to something. Maybe Big Fleazy was ahead of his time with his uh, understanding of the, uh, the renal system of the body. That's the system that controls fluids in the body and where that fluid gets directed and how it leaves the body. Yeah, man. I mean, you you do share a lot of intimate moments with your teammates. Oh my goodness! You know, yes. you're 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 out there. You're sweating. You're, you're showering together. You're changing together. You're eating together. You're traveling together. You're in these meeting rooms together. You smell each other all the time. <laughs> there was a thing going on in this in, in this locker room right here. So I don't know if they changed it, but the locker room itself had probably five stalls to go to the bathroom. And there was a there was a time. I think it was two. 2007 or 8, for about a month, you weren't safe in the stall without going to the bathroom without guys coming over and dumping stuff over on you while you were going to the bathroom. I don't like about, that. that. Like water or, or powder or, yes. or, or orange juice or whatever it was. You're sitting there trying to have a moment to yourself. And a lot of times, like, you know, you're about to go out for a strenuous offensive practice, mentally strenuous, so you're looking at your play sheet yep. while you have five minutes by yourself before, and then all of a sudden you get doused with a glass of milk. Yep. It ain't cool, Chad. It ain't cool at and all. And you come storming out, but you got to wipe first before you <laughs> storm out. You can't just storm out yep. naked and chase down the guy. He's already out back in his locker, and you yep. can't even find who he is. So there was that game going on around here, which wasn't a whole lot of fun. We went through that phase uh, for about two months with the Seahawks. And, and finally, a couple of the older guys in the locker room, that, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Come that's on. the last one. Come on. Is there nothing sacred to yes. you? Let me just handle my business before we go out to practice. Yes. And, you know, I was I have been there on the stall reading my notes. And they pour water on me. Now I can't read my notes. And I'm like, right? now, now you screw with me as a football player. Ooh, yeah. It was it was it was ha ha funny funny. I got wet in, in the stall. But now I'm going to practice unprepared. Now you really made me upset. You're messing with my football, man. Yeah, man. For me, um, as far as like my stomach, term camp and stuff, I was never really very hungry. Like I was always just kind of a little tightly wound. Couldn't eat a lot in, at breakfast. Couldn't eat a ton at lunch. I was always trying to force some food down so that I could basically nourish myself enough to go out here and practice like this. So you're drinking a lot of Gatorade. You're trying to get your electrolytes. But for some guys. 
like me, I had a hard time keeping on the weight that I needed to play at. I was not a natural tight end. You know, I'd get up to about 235, 240 in the offseason. And then we start here out here doing double days, and the weight would just start coming off. And, and I'd dip below 230. In your, if you're 225 trying to block a defensive end, yeah. that's a difficult prospect, you know. So I'm it was always you. it was always a challenge for me to keep weight on. I know not everybody's like that. Some of these big boys, they're trying to keep weight off. They're getting weight every day. They're getting fined for every pound they're over per day. Every guy's dealing with some sort of body issues, um, and uh, you never really see it. It's all behind closed doors. <laughs> uh, I had a teammate uh, in Seattle who set the Gatorade Institute sweat record. Gatorade has a scientific part of their company where they're literally interested in sweat science. So this guy was so... You guys were into some weird stuff in Seattle, man. I, I never... Hey, Jim Sakamoto! Hey, Jim. How are you, man? Good. Jim Sakamoto, long time. Oh, <laughs> legend. Legend here with the Denver Broncos just walking by. Is that right? <laughs> Not this one. Jim's got jokes about me. But anyway, this teammate in Seattle um, set the Gatorade Institute sweat record, so he was always super hydrated. And at the time, we were staying in the dorms at Eastern Washington University. So he was so hydrated at night, he didn't want to walk down the hall to hit the bathroom, so he would pee in the trash can Ooh. every night, like multiple times, and then leave it. And the, the the cleaning staff would come through. No. So finally, Coach Holmgren was like, I don't want to name individual players, but some of you guys are just flat-out nasty, wow. and you got to stop peeing in the trash cans. Use a Gatorade bottle and take it with you when you guys leave to come to practice in the morning. So then the trash can at the base of the dorm was a giant trash can full of Gatorade bottles with pee in it. Okay. Disgusting. Okay. okay. Flat-out disgusting the training camp process has a wow. high level of disgusting to it wow man well hopefully they have enough toilets for these guys <laughs> and they don't have to pee in trash cans around no, here it tells me they got those bases covered they're in hotel here. rooms now they've got their own bathrooms it's all good that is it for nate and i and my crazy uh gross stories for the yeah, last there segment were, there yeah. three of them three yeah there was three there was three man normally that's you i yeah. decided to join in today uh stokely and zach are next um Good one today, man. Yeah. Hopefully this Bronco team uh, gets a little banging out. They got pads on. Looking forward to seeing that here as I get the chance to watch practice, not talk about practice. That's so right. Exactly. He's step off of me, Stoke. This guy behind me, man. <laughs> Breathing down my neck, bro. All right. Hey, uh, that's it for us. Stokely and Zach, they're next. Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.